Welcome to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. If you're struggling in your marriage, or maybe you're wondering if it's even salvageable, before you give up or before you let things get too hard, let us come alongside you and help you solidify your marriage. We offer biblical encouragement and insight to help you strengthen your marriage. Welcome to the Vision Driven Marriage. We're Doug and Leslie Davis, and today we're going to be talking about setting boundaries as a couple to protect your marriage. Now, this isn't like setting boundaries as an individual, because when we set when we set boundaries as an individual, it works to protect yourself in a relationship. These are the types of boundaries that we set as a couple in order to protect the relationship. Right. And so the, the individual boundaries that you set are things that will protect your heart uh, in that relationship. We're going to be focusing on what are the things that you as a couple really want and how can you build those things and protect those things by setting boundaries. Now, just to make sure we understand, boundaries are something that we know are part of God's design. If you look at uh, the like the Proverbs are full of boundaries over and over and over again. You see, for example, God set the boundary, don't trust your own heart, but trust God instead in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He tells us even sometimes practical things like don't become such a regular guest at your neighbor's house that you hurt your relationship. Proverbs are full of boundaries like that that are part of God's design. But we're going to be looking at some of the boundaries we can set. And the concept comes actually from Titus 2, 11 and 12. And that says, for the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. And as a couple, when we want to live in a sensible, godly way as a couple, we can come up with uh, boundaries that will help protect the important, essential parts of our relationship. Now today, we're going to look at five in our relationship, so we can give you some examples. But we want to encourage each of you, if there's a part of your relationship that you know you want to protect, prayerfully come up with some boundaries you can set to help protect that area of your relationship. What are the five areas of our relationship that we have boundaries set? Well, today what we're going to be looking at are how to protect uh, making each other a priority, how to protect uh, the respect that is due to one another, how to protect giving honor to one another, how to protect unity as a couple, being on the same page. We've talked about how important that is. And then how to protect the transparency that draws us closer together because we know that we can be vulnerable and open. So let's start with the concept of priority. All of this is based on the interview that we had with Teth Scott, where she shared that one of the things that she and her husband do in their marriage is that their children knew that they could come to their bedroom door and they could knock and they could ask them to come out, but they weren't allowed, the children weren't allowed to have their feet touch the carpet in that room. That was a safe place. That was a sanctuary. And that was something they protected was that personal space. With us, the the priority time had to do with something that you called tea time. Tea time, right. We allowed, I, I would tell the girls, because we have four daughters, if you have been following us for any length of time, you know that we have four daughters. And I would tell our four girls that when dad gets home from work, I get the first 15 minutes. And so we'd tee them up. That was tea time. That was mom time. And they had to wait 
for that 15 minutes in order to, you know, attack dad or, or have dad time or whatever it was that they wanted to do. Um, but that made our relationship a priority and the girls were able to see what it looks like for a husband to honor his wife before the family which is actually the way the priority should be our relationship should our priority should be our relationship with god and then our relationship with our spouse then our relationship with our children and then our all of our other relationships and so the the girls were able to see what that looked like, what those priorities looked like playing out because we had set that boundary. And it was really important for me. And I believe it was really important for you. And, but it was, uh, but that was one of our boundaries. Well, I believe it was important for our daughters as well, because they got to see the security that comes from Mm -hmm. knowing that mom was important to dad. And when we set that boundary, it was something that we did with intentionality because priority of our relationship mattered. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that they feel like they get lost in the family dynamic when the kids come along. Mm-hmm. That as an individual, they don't feel like they're as important to their spouse as they once were. I hear husbands say all the time, she's so busy taking care of the kids, I feel like she's forgotten about me, or the husband's doing so many other things. I hear the wife say, I, I feel like he's forgotten about me. And so priority uh, was one of those values, one of those important things that we knew we needed to set a boundary that would help protect that because it mattered in building and developing the relationship that God wanted us to have. And one of the things that protecting that priority, you know, the, the, the marriage priority relationship, one of the things that that does is that it creates an atmosphere that's a fair proof. Because if you know that your relationship with your spouse is a priority, you are less likely to seek that priority in another area. And your spouse is less likely to seek that priority in another area also. And so um, if you're interested, if you're thinking that your uh, relationship, if you're wondering if your relationship is a fair proof, we have developed a really cool quiz. I'm going to link it in the show notes, but you can take this quiz and find out if your uh, if your relationship is a fair proof. Now, the second priority that we decide, or the second um, item that we wanted to protect in our marriage, was the concept of respect. We wanted to set a boundary that would help protect the respect that we had for one another. And so one of the uh, very simple boundaries that we set, but it's really important, was no name calling. Right. When we um, disagreed or argued, um, we would never uh, call each other names. That was just disrespectful. It felt disrespectful to me. We implemented that with my girls, too. Um, that it, it just felt very disrespectful mm-hmm. that out of anger to call a name. And I even took it as far as teasing. Like, even if you're just teasing, we still didn't allow the name calling. If you're teasing, tease in another way or whatever, because name calling just felt so disrespectful. Right. And it was okay to call out the behavior. It's okay to say, you know, something about the behavior, but calling the name, attaching that that's the description of who you are, uh, was not acceptable at all. Just, you know, a simple example of if something was said that wasn't true, it's okay to call out that that's a lie. That's a lie. It's not okay to say you're a liar. And, um, you know, the, the difference in name calling and calling out a, a behavior was something that was important because we knew that it protected uh, the, the respect component of our relationship. And here's what we've learned, uh, not only in our own relationship, but what we've learned is we've had the privilege to counsel other people. Uh, during uh, intense problems and arguments, it's really easy for people to say things that they don't mean at all. And if name calling is part of saying what 
you know, what you don't really mean. If it's part of the defense mechanism that protects you when you feel hurt, the problem with it is even when the, the conflict has been worked through and even when there's been an apology and real forgiveness given, what we've discovered is those names that are called in anger often come back during those quiet moments, those, those dark moments where you're really questioning who you are and you start to believe that that's really what your spouse thinks of you, even though it's not true and it's never been true. And so if you're able to establish a boundary with no name calling, I know it will protect your heart as a couple. It will protect the heart of your marriage. You know, and, and again, we talked about how individual boundaries protect you within the relationship. But, but having a boundary like no name calling as a couple protects the marriage itself. Uh, during those times later on, it's so easy to believe things that aren't true that came out of something that a boundary could have been set for early on. Now, name calling was one of our boundaries, but if you take the concept of respect in your relationship, you may be able to set a boundary around another behavior that speaks respect in your marriage. Um, just, you know, out of another example of respect, mm -hmm. um, just speaking in a calm voice may right. be a boundary that you would like to set that when you're conversing with your spouse and that there's emotions running high, that that's the boundary that's that set is speaking in a calm voice, you know, or at least a, a lower tone, no yelling, right? Because that's respectful to each other. Right. Now, one of the other things we wanted to protect within our marriage was the concept of honor. And so again, you, you may also want to be able to outdo one another in giving honor. You want to honor one another. You want to you know, be somebody who's truly going to lift up your spouse by the way that you honor them. And so one of the boundaries that we set was that through because of the honor that we want to give to one another, we gave each other permission to do rain checks. And, and here's kind of what that means. If, if Leslie asked me, hey, can, can we go see a movie? But I really wasn't feeling well. Every once in a while, I'm just, you know, really run down. I might not be able to have the energy to go do that and to do it very well. Uh, we've set the boundary where I can not say no, but say, can I take a rain check? We need to do this, but I, I really can't right now. So that I can honor her and in the same opportunity, give her an opportunity to honor what was going on in my life. Uh, to be able to give a yes instead of a no when what we really had to do was say, just not right now. And that rain check opportunity was such an incredible blessing to protecting the element of honor. And likewise, like, you know, vice versa. Um, in my life, if there was a time when Doug was asking for intimacy and I needed a rain check or it wasn't a good time, I wasn't, you know, wasn't in the mood um, or just, you know, wasn't feeling it for whatever reason, to be able to offer a rain check and say, mm, maybe not right now, but you know, let's, let's revisit this tomorrow or whatever, then it wasn't a complete rejection. It was just a, let's hold off for a while. And, um, and it still gives the positive encouragement because you know that that is going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not something where, you know, I'm going to tell you no without cause. It's something that I want to be able to tell you, yes, I have mm -hmm. a legitimate reason why I can't right now. And the rain check concept was a boundary that let us protect that, that, uh, that hopefulness and that l not rejecting not one another rejecting. to be able to come alongside one another, even if we couldn't in the moment. And I think that that not rejecting, that's an important concept because when when we're just told no with no reason, right, no reason given, we tend to think the worst, you know, and 
in our own brain, you know, because our, our minds are generally negative or whatever. If there's a rejection in that, like if, 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 if you were the one to, you know, offer the rain check as far as intimacy goes, and then my mind with no, with no uh, explanation, my mind might go to the, the thought of, oh, he thinks I'm fat or he's not attracted to me or, you know, all those negative thoughts that come swarm, swarming in. But if there is a rain check that's offered with hope, that I know I'm still desirable, then it's not it's not a uh, it's not a uh, a rejection. It doesn't feel bad, right? And and that's something that's been important to us early on. Now, again, we're not saying that this is some kind of a, of a catch all that fixes things. What we're saying is that was important to us to be able to honor one another, mm-hmm. and this was a boundary that we were able to set that let us do that. But again, we want to encourage you find an area that you want to protect and prayerfully seek, how can we set a boundary? Hey friend, I wanted to jump in here before we finish up and let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the Vision Driven Marriage monthly email newsletter. Did you know that we have the joy and the honor to touch so many lives on a monthly basis with each email? The last Friday of the month, we reach out to provide you with direct access to all of the month's podcast episodes. We provide fun and helpful resources, and you'll learn a little bit more about Doug and I and our journey. If you are not receiving these gifts, I would love to get you signed up. Currently, I'm sending a printable guide to everyone who subscribes. It will help you as you begin the journey of praying with your spouse. It outlines 10 of the most common things to overcome when you begin this journey, and I would love to send it to you. Don't worry, if you're already in the Vision Driven Marriage email community, you can still get the guide. You'll find the link in the show notes. Unity in our relationships really important to us. We we want to both be on the same page. We both want to have a green light before we move forward. We we know that God will lead us since he sees us as one, that he'll lead us in the same direction. We want to make sure that we understand when he wants us to do things. Unity matters to us. And so early on, one of the boundaries that we set for unity was to eliminate a place where so often a wedge is driven in, in a married uh, life, and that's in the area of money. And so early on, we set a boundary that we wouldn't spend more than $500 without consulting each other. And, um, you know, recently we've probably had to revisit that boundary because you can't go to the grocery store without dropping $500 anymore. But we did. We set that boundary of I'm not going to spend $500. He's not going to spend over $500 without consulting each other first. And that was a really big priority. And, And when we committed to keeping that, like we really committed to keeping that. I remember one time I was at Best Buy and I was looking at a dishwasher. It was a um, KitchenAid brand and it was a floor model. It was a dent and scratch and dent model. It was $508. Now, if if anybody knows anything about KitchenAid, you know that they are a lot more than $508, you know. But instead of like, okay, well, he's not going to quibble about $8, which he wouldn't have quibbled about $8. I Like, I know that about him. But because we set that boundary, I made absolutely sure that I talked with him first. And of course, he didn't quibble about eight dollars, you know. But but setting that boundary gives us an opportunity to protect something that matters to us in the relationship. Which and you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the small amount of money over the limit wouldn't have been a big deal. But the the boundary set there because unity to us 
is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that was one of the things that really has been helpful. Now, the, the fifth one that we want to talk about, we've done several things. We've set a lot of boundaries in this area, is the area of transparency in our relationship. That's something we wanted to protect was the transparency. And here's, here's why before we look at some of the ways we've set these boundaries. We know that being able to be fully transparent uh, goes a long way towards some of the other things we've talked about in other episodes. Uh, being fully transparent allows you to be vulnerable without feeling like you're going to be attacked. Being fully transparent allows you to demonstrate a trustworthiness that then merits trust. And so there's a lot about transparency that was such a huge thing in our relationship. We wanted to set boundaries to protect that. And one of the ways that we did that is um, there were several times where we have a group text between maybe somebody in the congregation, a single woman in a congregation who texts Doug. I'm included in that group text. Mm -hmm. And so also we have some group emails that are going around too that, that are the same way. So that there's a level of transparency that I can see what's going on between him and other single women that he ministers to and, and ministers to rightly, you know. But because we protect this relationship, he's transparent with all of that, um, all of those transactions and all of that communication. And one of the other ways that we do that is um, we invite each other along or he invites me along. I, generally, maybe sometimes I don't invite him along when I go shopping because he doesn't like to shop. And I know that the answer is always going to be no. But like if he's just running out to the grocery store, we're just running out to the grocery store, whatever, we'll invite each other along or to the gym or somewhere like that because that openness of, hey, I'm not doing anything that I'm not supposed to be doing. I'm not going someplace that I'm not supposed to be going. And you're welcome to come with me and, and see because it's all transparent. Mm -hmm. That was important to us. Right. Even, even though, you know, I, I like to go walking and uh, try to, to get several miles in as often as possible. And so I, I do invite her to come with me. Now, it's not something that, that she's able to do side by side with me because my legs are longer than, or, than hers. And so she walks at a slower pace than I do, even if her legs are moving as fast as mine are moving. I would have to like sprint in and order so, to keep up with him. And so it's, it, even though, you know, it feels at first like, well, we couldn't do that together. We would be doing that at the same time. Uh, but still, I like to invite her to come along. Uh, and again, even though I know that most of the time she'd rather not walk if she doesn't get to walk beside me and she can't walk beside me because I walk faster than she does, I still want her to know that not only am I being transparent, but then the other benefit of a boundary like that is it lets you give your spouse the opportunity to see on a regular basis that I really do want you to be with me. I want you to be involved in what I'm doing, even if... Uh, you know, you might say no. And here's the other thing with that particular boundary. If you decide that's a boundary I think we want to set in our relationship too, please don't think that just because you invite your spouse along that they always have to go. And please don't think if you're the spouse who gets invited that you have to go or you're going to be rejecting your spouse. That's not what it's about for us. It's about the openness, the transparency, and the demonstration of I love to be with you and I want to be with you. But if she doesn't go walking with me or if I don't go shopping with her, we don't feel rejected. Mm -hmm. uh, we just wanted to set a boundary to say, you know, here's how we're going to be transparent. We want to make sure that everything is wide open in our relationship and we want to protect that. The other two examples that we have about being completely transparent is that even if we're going someplace that our spouse isn't invited, like if I'm on a, 
a weekend women's retreat or whatever, or he's at a pastor's conference or somewhere where he's traveling mm -hmm. without me or I'm traveling without him. We tell each other where we are and when we get there, when we arrive, when we leave, you know, like, like all the things because it's really important to know each other's whereabouts. Now that's not something that's lorded over. That's no. something that I offer, you know, as a, as a, a as an offering of, of transparency. Well, and, and one of the things that was part of our boundary, um, I can't think of a single time that either one of us has asked the other one to provide that information. What we do is instead we've looked at it from the other direction. I want to give her that information uh, and she wants to give me that information of where she is, not because, you know, we're concerned that that our spouse isn't where they're supposed to be, but just as a demonstration of transparency Trust. and mm -hmm. safety mm -hmm. as well, because, you know, it is a dangerous world. And that way we at least can know the last place they checked in just in case something uh, you know horrible happens. does happen. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's something that's given. It's not demanded. See, if it was if it was something that was demanded, now we're back to those individual boundaries maybe needing to get set up because we're talking about something within the relationship between the two spouses. Instead, what we're looking at here is an opportunity as a couple together of looking how we can protect something that matters to us in the relationship. Now, if you want some information on individual boundaries, I would encourage you to catch the episode with Annette Chesney that dropped on March 31st. Um, it's a conversation between her and I about how boundaries in a marriage is, is um, effective and efficient even in good marriages, even in good relationships. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you to catch that episode. It dropped on March 31st. Because those boundaries as an individual are very important too. And so we I would encourage you to go check that out. But uh, again, today, what we want to encourage you to do is think as a couple, what are the things in our marriage that we believe are so valuable and so important? We want to set some boundaries to protect them. We've just given you five examples. There's so many more, so many other things uh, of things that you could do to be respectful. And many of those things, if, if you're really wondering about what are some ideas that, that might be different from the ones that, that Doug and Leslie shared with me today, um, you can Go back to Proverbs, like I said, and to other places in Scripture. It'll give you some incredible ideas. For example, you may be thinking, uh, we're going to respect each other that when we do get upset, we won't ever use profanity at one another because Ephesians 4.29 says that, you know, that's a boundary we ought to set anyway. Or, or go to bed mad. Or to go to bed angry because, again, in Ephesians, uh, it, it tells us not to let the sun go down on your anger. And so you can find some scriptural examples of some godly boundaries that you can set as a couple to protect the things in your marriage that you know matter. And if you have any questions about anything, feel free to get in touch with us. Our email and our connection links are all in the show notes. And so as we've looked at setting boundaries as a couple to protect your marriage, I, I pray that you were encouraged. This has been the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast as we seek to solidify your marriage.